Stone and Tile Show is proud to be sponsored by the National Tile Contractors Association. The NTCA is a leading trade association in the tile and stone industry dedicated to professional installation of ceramic tile and natural stone. With more than 1,500 members representing thousands of installers, NTCA works hard to be a strong voice for proper installation and qualified labor. The association invests in a professional staff to provide technical support and assistance and offers free educational seminars and regional training opportunities around the country. To learn more about what the NTCA can offer for you or your business, go to the website www.tile-assn.com. That's www.tile-assn.com. Good evening, folks, and welcome to another edition of the Coronavirus-Free Stone and Tile Show. Uh, I'm sorry about that, but uh, everything's been sterilized here. The keyboard's been wiped down with alcohol. My microphone is clean, so you shouldn't be able to catch it on the Internet, at least not yet, depending on who you talk to. Anyway, there's there's a a lot of things I want to talk about on today's show. Uh, Obviously, I want to talk a little bit and rant a little bit about the coronavirus, uh, how it affects uh, the stone and tile industry, the trade show that's coming up. Uh, I also want to talk about this new tile that's come out by Dow Tile called Revo Tile. I uh, also want to uh, discuss how you guys that are in this business already, that are looking to diversify or not only diversify, but maybe get out of what you're doing right now and uh, get more into the consulting and uh, expert witness category where you can make up to 250 bucks per hour doing that. We'll talk a little bit about that, and then we'll finish up with uh, some stories about some of the interesting uh, inspections that I've had in the stone and tile industry. Uh, but before I do, let me go ahead and give the phone number out. It is 323-870-3968. Feel free to call in, and uh, more importantly, uh, if you do call in, I would like to know how this coronavirus scare is affecting your business. I've talked to several people on the phone today. And and most of them told me that business is starting to slow down. Now, I'm not going to take a stand either way as to, you know, whether I believe this is a bunch of hype uh, or whether it's 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 dangerous. Um, You know, either way, the news media is out there is closing everything down right here in Florida. They are now uh, looks like they're going to be closing down the universities here. And it's going to go more towards online, online learning. A lot of major events are being canceled. You know, I guess if you believe the news, this is something that, that we really, really need to take into consideration. Um, it scared me. Uh, it, it scared me away. I had all my reservations made for coverings, uh, which is going to occur in April. And I said, you know what? You know, I just don't want to take the chance. Uh, so I can't do my reservations. I won't be going to covering. So I'd be interested to know how many of you are, are considering going to coverings or not considering going to coverings. And again, the phone number is 323-870-3968. If you want to just go ahead and send me a message on Messenger, that's fine as well. Or my email, which is fhuston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N, at gmail.com. You know, I guess I need to turn the TV off during the day. I've been sitting here for the last two or three days working on my computer and just listening to the news. And quite honestly, uh, it's starting to scare the hell out of me. Uh, They're closing everything. You kind of wonder whether this is all media hype 
or you kind of wonder whether um, there's some truth in this or there's, there's something going on that they're not telling us about. Uh, one of the things that, that was interesting and, you know, because I'm sitting here watching all this, this uh, media coverage on the coronavirus is I thought about something that, that I, uh, I'm sure some of you have heard this and that is it, it, it's what we call exponential um, oh, I'm, I'm not sure the exact word. It's exponential. I had a word for it, but uh, uh, I can't remember exactly what, what I called it. But anyway, I go back to speaking of exponential causation and, and how things can spread so rapidly. I thought about someone told me a long, long time ago about if you take a penny and you double it every day for 30 days, which doesn't sound doesn't sound bad. You take one cent today, you double it. Tomorrow, that's two cents. And then next day, you double it as four cents. On and on and on. If you do that for 30 days, at the end of 30 days, you're going to have over $5 million. So I thought about that when it came to the coronavirus or actually any kind of uh, cold or, or, or virus. And that is if one person affects another person and, and that doubles each and every day, by the end of 30 days, you could have over 5 million people. Now, just before I came onto the show here, I was watching the news and one of the, one of the guys on one of these news conferences said that it could potentially affect 150 million Americans. So I I guess they're taking this real seriously. And and I I am too, you know, whether you believe in the hype or not, you know, I I don't know. Um, I'm taking all the precautions. Uh, If anybody wants some Purell, uh, I'm selling it for $50 a bottle. No, I'm just kidding. But I will trade it for a Bentley or a, a Mercedes uh, if you want. It's getting ridiculous, folks. You know, I heard uh, 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 someone called me today and they said I went to the went to the store, went to the grocery store, and they're out of toilet paper. And I'm like, why are we selling out of toilet paper? I mean, it has nothing to do with the virus. And then someone told me, well, the reason people are buying toilet paper like crazy is because if some one person sneezes in public, 10 people are going to take a crap. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but anyway, so I, I guess what this boils down to, I mean, I ranted on and on about this last, last year, last show last week. I'm not going to rant anything more about it, but I do would like to know if you guys are going to coverings, do you think coverings is going to be canceled? Do you think they're going to postpone it? Um, my gut tells me that probably Yes. And the reason being is that Italy is now closed down. China is going to be an issue. So if any of you have been to coverings before, there are a lot of Chinese and a lot of Italian booths there. So are they going to be allowed in the country to display at the show or not? I don't know. Um, you know, I, I hate to see the money being lost, especially to you vendors out there that are going to be at coverings. But uh, the way it's looking, with everything closing, everything being postponed, uh, governments warning people not to go into uh, crowded situations, concerts being canceled. You, you kind of wonder, is coverings going to be canceled? So I would like your opinion. If we have anybody uh, listening from coverings, uh, please give us a call and tell us, uh, you know, what your plans are. I mean, what do you think is going to happen here? 323-870-3968. And I know I'm ranting and I hate to do that, but, you know, this could be really serious. I mean, there, there's a lot about this virus. We do not know. Hopefully, it's just as simple as the flu. Uh, more people have died from the common flu than they have the coronavirus, but and we don't get that hype. So you, you kind of, if you're a conspiracy type person, you're kind of wondering, ah, so what's going on? So how is it affecting your business? If you're a fabricator, restoration contractor, 
you know, installer, how is it affecting your business? Um, so give me a call, 323-870-3968, or send me a message on Facebook, uh, and uh, I'd be curious to know what your opinion is. Okay, enough of that. I think I've beat that horse to death enough. Let's talk uh, about this new tile that's uh, that's come out from Dow Tile called Revo Tile. Now, I happened to print out a sheet on it, which was kind of interesting. Now, I don't know anybody that has worked with this material yet. And if you have, please call in and give us your experience. So uh, some of the key, but now, uh, first of all, let me describe what the Revo Tile is. It's a locking system where they, it's basically, you, you put, it's similar to installing, if any of you know how to install um, laminate flooring, it's similar to that, but it's done with porcelain tile. So you basically lay down this this fabric or the sheet of some kind, underlayment they call it, and then you just snap these tiles in a place. So there's there's no mortar, there's no the only mortar you have basically is a grout afterwards. So the benefits they're describing is no accumula no accumulation required, no mortar, no mess. Just click the tiles together, install grout the same day, no return trip, uh, easy to remove to repair, installs over many existing floor surfaces. Simple tear out uh, is up to, uh, out, out to update. Perfect for second story homes. Reduced sound transmission. Consistent alignment and no lippage. So it, it's going to be interesting to see whether this is going to be a fad or whether this is going to be something that's going to. Uh, uh, I could see it more of a do-it-yourself type type issue, but uh, you know we'll see where it goes. It's kind of interesting. Hopefully, here in the future, I'm going to get. Uh, somebody from Dow Tile on here to talk a little bit more about it. But in the meantime, again, if any of you have installed this, have seen it, have any experience with this, or hey, if you basically just have an opinion about this, then please give me a call, 323-870-3968. I would, I would love to hear from you. So anyway, enough said uh, about that. Uh, you kind of wonder, um, you know where 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 the industry is going uh, with with flooring, and hopefully it's not going to uh, put up a lot of our our installers uh, out of business. All right, let's move on to um, what I've promised. Uh, if you've been watching my Facebook page, uh, you've seen that I offer a seminar uh, once or twice a year, which is basically how to become a stone and tile inspector. It's also a troubleshooting class as well. But many of you have asked me, and I know I did a show particularly on this, but many of you have asked me, Fred, can I really make the, that kind of money in this industry? And the answer is yes. Right now, and I don't mind telling you, I get $250 an hour minimum for an inspection. Now, that sounds pretty good, but this is even going to sound better, is that whenever I get a call for an inspection, I have a minimum. So I could... I, let's say I'm close to Orlando. I'm in Melbourne, Florida, but let's say I'm an hour away and I get something in Orlando. I'm still going to charge eight hours, even though it only takes me an hour to get there, maybe an hour to do the inspection and an hour back. That's three hours. That's half my day pretty much gone. Uh, I'm still charging an eight hour minimum. So that's the kind of money you're thinking of making. I've done inspections that have lasted five or 10 minutes and I'm still making that. Now, if you're going to get into expert witness, testimony, depositions, court, et cetera, like that. You can even get more, but you would also want to get that minimum, that, that eight-hour minimum. I've done depositions that lasted less than an hour, and I'm still getting my full eight times $250 uh, for, that, for that deposition. 
So, I mean, this is something that if you're in the business, if you're a fabricator, if you're an installer, if you're a restoration guy, um, you know, any of the stone and tile trades, I mean, even, even if you're in sales, you have the background to become an expert consultant in this industry. But I would encourage you to take my class. And the reason I would is because I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to teach you your business. Okay. We're going to go over failures. We're going to go over all that, all that basic material, but more importantly, I'm going to teach you how to do an inspection, what to say, what not to say, how to write a report, what to say in a report, especially if you're getting into the expert witness side of it, which becomes a whole nother ball game. Uh, you know, we know our stuff and you've got to be real careful of, of what you say. So those are the type of things I will teach you in the class. Now, I do have a class coming up, and that class is scheduled for June 15th. Uh, it starts on a Monday. It goes for four days. It's going to be held in DeBerry, Florida, which is just north of, of Orlando near Sanford, Florida. Uh, I'm only accepting maybe 10 people. Usually the classes are only around six to eight people. So if you want to get into this class, go ahead and call me. My cell phone number is 321 five one four six eight four five and we can get you registered for that class. Uh, if you want to see more information you can either call me or you can go to my website which is stoneforensics.com. Explore that. You can see you know what I do, some of the projects that I've done over the years, which we're going to get into here in a few minutes. And then as well as um, see what is included in the, in the class. There's, there's a lot we cover in the class. Uh, a lot of guys have gone through this class. Not all of them have become inspectors. A lot of guys take this class just simply to to you know to learn more, uh, become a better installer, a better fabricator, a better uh, restoration contractor. So you may want to take a take a look at it. I, I'll only offer this class twice a year. I offer it usually in Las Vegas in January or same time term around surfaces, and again usually in the midsummer in uh, in, in Florida. So it's the only two times a year that. Uh, that I offer, and of course, the one in January uh, has has passed. So, if you've got any comment about that or the previous two things that we've talked about, uh, then give us a call here on the show three two three eight seven zero three nine six eight. I know a lot of you are probably going to be listening to this on the podcast, so you really can't call in. But I still welcome any of your comments either to my email, which is f houston f h u e s T-O-N at gmail.com uh, or my uh, messenger on my Facebook page. Just go ahead and search uh, Stone Forensics. Also, I, I do also want to mention that I also have uh, during that same week on that Friday in June, I'm offering a historic stone restoration seminar. So if any of you guys are looking to expand in historic stone and tile restoration, uh, it's also a very profitable through this industry that's not it's not crowded yet. And neither is the consulting industry, for that matter. Uh, there, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of need for consultants out there. Uh, that's a class you also may want to take. So, uh, again, go ahead and check that out at my website, which is stoneforensics.com. All right, let's take a quick break, and uh, when I come back, we're going to talk about some of the uh, some of the interesting inspections that I've done over this, over the past thirty some years, and uh, some of the things that uh, uh, which are interesting. Thank you, Tough Skin, one of our gold sponsors. Marble etches and stains, Tough Skin guarantees it will not. Tough Skin provides a unique product and installation service anywhere in the USA with a proprietary stone laminate products. 
They protect marble countertops with an acid, oil, and waterproof guarantee. That's right. It's now possible to install marble, onyx, and travertine countertops without the worry of etching and staining from common household items like wine, lemon, coffee, or other acidic foods. People have been trying to figure this out for thousands of years, and Toughskin Surface Protection has done it. Available in gloss and satin to match the countertop finish. Visit them online at toughskinprotection.com. That's T-U-F-F skinprotection.com to learn more. Okay, folks, we're back. You know, I I promised I'd tell you a little bit about some of the stories and some of the inspections that I've done inside of, not necessarily unusual, but but, but things that that I think are kind of interesting. Uh, The most recent one I did was a a client in Virginia. Uh, The doctor had put all this brand new, large format porcelain tile in his home and it's now cracking. Well, the interesting thing about this particular project is that this 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 new porcelain tile that's out there. Uh and when I'm talking porcelain tile, I'm talking tile that's, you know, 120 inches by, you know, 36 inches, 48 inches. We're talking full slabs installed on the floor is that most of the guys out there installing this material don't know the first thing about installing it. Uh this particular job was set over thin set uh, the, I ran a level across this floor, and the floor was way, way out. And, you know, as the tile gets larger and larger, your, your, how flat your floor is is extremely important. And, you know, my, my recommendation, guys, and obviously this was a total failure. I mean, it's, you know, the guy admitted, the installer admitted that he didn't know how to install this material. But you know what? Go get training. There, there you know, organizations out there, and we've had them on this show that provides seminars on how to install this material. You know, it, it's a big project. It's, it's totally different than setting 12 by 12s on mosaics. So guys, listen to me. If you're an installer and you're going to install this large format tile, please get the training. I, you know, I, I encourage you to get the training because if you don't, you're going to end up doing an installation that's going to end up failing. And you, I'm going to come in or someone like me is going to come in. And you're going to end up being sued and or your insurance company is going to be end, up, end up being sued or both and you're going to be in trouble. So, uh, you know, make sure you get the proper training is all I'm saying. Um, I published on my YouTube channel. I do have a YouTube channel. If you go and search, you know, Tile and Stone and the YouTube channel, you'll see a, a video I found where uh, a lady had actually captured on film her tiles popping. Now, I've heard of this before. I've had inspections where, you know, people have come in and said, man, we were sitting there one night and uh, all of a sudden, boom, we heard this loud shotgun uh, type sound. And uh, I said, well, that's interesting. But this lady actually captured it. So if you want to see that particular video, then I'd encourage you to go to uh, my YouTube channel and and see it. It's quite interesting. But anyway, what causes that? Well, what happens is the tile is going to want to tent. In other words, the tiles are going to pop up because there's no room for expansion. And, you know, this is, I won't say the number one failure that I see, but it's a very common failure I see constantly. And that's lack of not only expansion joints uh, within the tile uh, field itself, but also no perimeter joints. And, uh, you know, guys will go in there, install tile right up against the joists on the wall. And guess what? Tile, whether it's stone, whether it's porcelain, it's going to have a different rate of expansion than your walls will. Whether it's a metal wall, stud wall, or whether it's a wood studded wall, they're going to expand and contract at different rates, and something's going to give. And guess what's going to give? 
It's not going to be the wall. It's going to be the tile. Either the tile is going to tent up and pop. And in this case, what happens is the tension builds up. And when it finally does build up, it literally just, just pops. So, you know, it's something that if you see tenting, that's the first thing you want to look at. You know, where's the expansion joints? Where's the, where's the perimeter joints? That's something that I would check. Uh, I probably have told this story before, but this was kind of an interesting inspection that I did. But uh, it's this, the story is definitely worth repeating again. And this is a situation where I had a lady that had a white Carrara floor. And she she calls and she says, I have this spot in the corner of my, my living room or dining room. I can't remember exactly where it was. But it would appear dark and it would disappear and then it would come back again. And I said, OK, well, that sounds interesting. This is something that I've got to see, right? So I went out there and took a look at it. And when I was there, there was no dark spot. And she points over to the area. And of course, I'm looking around. I'm thinking, well, dark spot, probably moisture. Uh, there may be a leak there. So I asked her, well, do you see this spot when it rains as opposed to when, it's, when it doesn't rain? She goes, no. So then I asked her, well, how often do you see that spot? And she says, almost every day. I said, really? And I said, and how long does it last? She goes, well, it might last an hour or two, and then it goes away. And now I'm totally puzzled. I mean, this is definitely a stone mystery. But actually, they turned this into a an article in my stone detective articles that I do for the uh, Slippery Rock Gazette. And uh, I'm sitting there, and you know, I'm going to pull out my moisture meter. I'm going to, you know, grab my test kit and start doing some non-destructive. And I happen to look out back, and she has this you know, nice big swimming pool. And she has two Labradors and they're jumping in the pool. They're jumping out of the pool. They're jumping in the pool, jumping out of the pool. And all of a sudden I go, aha. And, uh, I said to her, I said, do your dogs come in the house quite a bit? She goes, well, yeah, they pretty much have free reign, you know, in and out. I says, when they come in, where do they lay? And she goes, well, the one dog lays right over there in a the corner. And she pointed to the spot where the, where she saw the, the dark spot. And I said, ah, so what's happening, obviously, is the dog is coming in. It's soaking wet. He's laying in that spot. It's getting wet. The stone is darkening. And the dog is – why she couldn't figure that out, I don't know. But anyway, uh, another mystery solved. So, you know, you can see how exciting these things can get, uh, you know, inspections. And, and these are just, you know, just a few of the interesting, interesting stories. You know, one story – that goes back, oh, many, many, many years back when I was a, a restoration contractor is a, as a project out in the, the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area. It's a big, huge building, and it had like a, a garden area. They called it a conservatory, and they had these stains. It was First of all, it was brand new inside, uh, brand new white marble, uh, brand new conservatory, uh, and they said they had these yellow stains and these yellow stains were kind of running right up the middle of a big, huge, wide open area. Maybe, I don't know, 10,000 square feet of open area. And they wanted them removed. So I go walking in to give them an estimate. But, you know, first, when it comes to stain removal, you know, as well as I do, that you need to find out, you know, what are the stains? Where are they coming from? So I see this line of yellow stains. They're kind of in a, not a complete straight line, but they're they're probably within a you know, a three foot span of one another, but they're running directly down the middle of the, um, this conservatory, this, this floor area. And I look up and I notice that the entire roof is these metal windows. And of course the metal windows have frames. And I look up and I said, ah, I bet you I know what's happening. One of those windows is leaking. 
And what's happening is they're rusting. And when it rains, the water is dripping onto the floor and it causing these yellow spots because that's what they look like. They look like, you know, light yellow rust spots. And so they said, yeah, we're going to have them checked out. And I said, well, you might want to call me back after you fix that, because if I can remove these spots, then, you know, they're going to come back again until you fix that window. So bear with me, because uh, that's not what the problem was. So anyway, um, they get the windows fixed or they get them checked out anyway, and they find out they're not leaking. They're brand new. So now they call me back and they said, nope, it's not coming from the windows. And I'm going, really? Well, that's interesting. Well, I'm looking around, and, and this is something, guys, I want to emphasize when it comes to doing inspections. And I emphasize this in my class all the time. And this, this actually applies to any of you guys, whether you're inspecting or not. And that is don't look at the work, uh, what you're there to see with blinders on. In other words, you want to look at everything. You want to look at the ceiling. You want to look at the walls. You want to possibly go outside and look at the exterior of the building. And in this case, I happened to look on the walls, on the side of the walls, and the walls were scaffolded. And they were just, nobody was on them. It was during the day. Uh, and there was scaffolding there. And I, and I asked, you know, what the scaffolding was for. And she says, well, we have some, you know, guys that work at night, and they're doing some plaster work on, on the side. And they were doing a, a technique called scagliola, which is like a faux plastering technique to make these walls look like real marble that's that that we cover in historic class but anyway and uh, i said really that's interesting so i said when do they work here and they said well they work here at night i said okay let me uh let me come back in tonight and uh, and see what i can find out so i go there that night and the guys are already there working and i'm sitting there and i'm watching them and all of a sudden one of them turns around and spits his chewing tobacco out on the floor. And now I'm like, holy crap, what those ye ye little yellow spots were was chewing tobacco. Of course, they were pretty clever about it because when they were done with their work for the night, they would go out and clean the tobacco up, but it would leave this little yellow stain. So I grab my phone out and I start videotaping it kind of secretly and uh, go back the next day and talk to the building manager and said, this is where those spots are coming from. So uh, anyway, another mystery solved. So that just kind of kind of shows you, you know, some of the things that, that can occur. Uh, another good example and another inspection I had was at one of the theme parks in Orlando. I got a call from their legal department and the legal department uh, said that we're going to sue the installer because it did a poor job grouting our, our brand new ceramic tile floor. I said, really? Well, what's the issue? And they go, well, the grout's disappearing. I said, it's not, not there. There's half, half the grout is gone. I said, no, oh, okay. Well, they wanted me to go out and inspect it, you know, do my report so they could sue this installer. Now, we're not talking a small job here. We're talking over 75,000 square feet of these imported Japanese tiles, specially made for this theme park. So very, very expensive job. <clears throat> so I go out there and sure enough, half the grout's missing. So I take my pocket knife out and I'm digging at the grout that's already there and it's hard as a rock and it's, you know, it, it's not powdery. It's not soft. It looks nice and solid. Uh, and I'm thinking, Hmm, I wonder why half the grout is missing. My first assumption was, is that they did a double overlay. In other words, they installed half the grout, they let it cure, and then they installed a, another layer of grout over the top of it. And that creates what they call a cold joint. And that, that that occurs, what can happen is they'll separate and the old grout will come out. That surf, that top layer, in other words, will come out relatively quickly. And uh, so I said, all right, let's take a sample of the, of the grout that's there, 
send it out for laboratory analysis and uh, let's see what it comes back as. So I send it out, a couple of weeks goes by, I get the report, everything is fine with that. So I said, hmm, interesting. So now it's time to do another one of those midnight inspections. So I get out the old Hawaiian shirt, I put on my Bermuda shorts and out I go with a newspaper and I sit in the lobby one night at midnight. And I'm just sitting there reading my newspaper and pretending I'm a tourist. And out comes the cleaning crew. And they're hauling a floor machine. On the bottom of the floor machine is a, <coughs> excuse me, folks, uh, hopefully I'm not getting a coronavirus here. <coughs> um, on the bottom of the machine is a Nilo Grip brush. And if you don't know what a Nilo Grip brush is, that's what the janitorial companies use for stripping wax off BCT tile. It's a nylon bristle with about an 80 grit uh, silicon carbide grit in there. So very, very aggressive. And they're carrying a bottle, uh, an empty bottle, well, not an empty bottle, but a no-labeled bottle of what looks like bleach. And they're hauling a wet back there as well. So they get off, and I'm watching them. I'm still you know, pretending to read my newspaper. And they're sitting there uh, getting all set up. And I noticed once they're all set up, that one of the guys, there were two of them, he takes the bottle, opens it up, he pours it down the grout line. He takes his machine with this Nilo Grip brush on it, and he begins to heal it. And if you guys ever operated a floor machine, you know what I mean by healing is putting it up on edge and there's smoke flying. I mean, it's just flying like crazy. And the other guy's backing it up as he's doing this, pouring more of this, whatever's in this container down. So I'm like, Oh God, now I got to find out what. So I walk up there and, you know, I said, Hey guys, I noticed you cleaning the floor. It looks like you're doing a good job. Uh, you know, I'm from, and I told him I was from like Paducah, Kentucky down here on vacation and my bathroom grout is terrible. I mean, it's just nasty. And I'd love to know how you guys clean it. And the guy looks at me, holds the bottle up and looks at me and says, I'll give you the secret. Swimming pool acid cleans that grout gets it white as can be. So I said, Oh, well, thank you for that advice. And back I went and I ended up saving that contractor's butt because it wasn't his fault. They were literally cleaning the grout away. So you see, sometimes during inspections, you have to get in there at nighttime when the work is going on. And that's just another one of my, my infamous stories. And I, I tell that story all the time. Okay, I'll leave you with one last story. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, if you have a comment, a question, uh, going back to what I first talked about with the coronavirus and how it's affecting your business, uh, please call in 323-870-3968. That's 323-870-3968. 3968 or send me an email at Houston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N at gmail.com or go ahead and send me a message on instant messenger uh, on the Facebook messenger and I'll go ahead and uh, uh, answer it here as well. All right. This last story is fairly recent uh, last year, as a matter of fact. And it's kind of interesting because when attorneys get involved, the, the questions they ask sometimes you go, hmm, I don't know. And this is how I discovered this. This was a, a shower installation in a hotel, and it involved several hundred rooms. And they were complaining that, you know, that the tiles were cracking. They were, you know, in some cases they were falling off the wall and they were concerned with the install. So I go in there and I start tapping on the on the wall with my fingers and they, you know, they, they sound hollow. And I ask if we can pull one off. And I said, sure. So I get the old suction cup out. 
I remove the grout around the tile, I pop it off, and it pops off like it wasn't even set. The entire back of it, uh, no mortar whatsoever, no bond, and it was all dotted. It wasn't even a full mortar bed, just, just, just you know, five or six dots on these fairly large porcelain tiles. So I said, well, there's your problem. Uh, wasn't installed properly. No bond. Probably using the wrong mortar. We can find out what mortar it is. And, you know, the, the typical things you would do during an inspection. Well, I had an entourage of attorneys sitting there watching me, you know, from all sides. The installer, the attorney for the installer, the attorney for the hotel, the attorney, you know, there were four or five attorneys there. And one of them said, well, that's fine and dandy for this shower, but how do you know all the other 200 showers are installed in the same manner? Well, guys, you know as well as I do, if one installs that way, there's a good probability that the rest of them are installed that way. But no, the attorney wasn't going to buy that. He was like, I need proof. We can't tear out every single shower in this hotel. It's an operating hotel. So how are you going to prove it? Well, you know, I'm trying to think on my feet. And the first thing I say is, well, you know, we, we can do the sounding test and the sounding test, blah, 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 blah. Well, they all went to lunch and I'm sitting there in the shower and not showering, by the way, just sitting there contemplating how I'm going to do this. And around the corner, uh, there's another guy there inspecting the ceiling. He's, he's doing something with it, with, with the ceiling in these in these rooms. And he had with him an infrared camera. And I got talking with him and I said, can you do me a favor? Can you come over here and point that camera at this wall? And I pointed to the one wall that uh, wasn't that, that we didn't tear, tear apart. And lo and behold, he pointed at the, at the wall and you could see where the dots are on this particular wall. And I said, uh-huh. The next day I went out and bought an infrared camera and came back to this this hotel. And what I basically did is I heated up the tiles. I just took a, a hairdryer and, a, you know, for about a, a minute, maybe less than a minute, just to get it good and hot. And well, it doesn't even have to be good and hot for that matter. And uh, took a picture with my infrared camera. And lo and behold, they showed up like crazy. Wherever there was a dot, it was hotter than where there wasn't a dot. So there you go, Mr. Attorney. That's your proof how these materials are set. They're not set within industry standards. The dot method, blob method, whatever you want to call it, is not the proper way. All right, folks, I, I think that's my story uh, for, for for today. Again, I'm going to give you one last opportunity to call in, 323-870-3968. Uh, okay, so we covered the coronavirus and, you know, just to kind of recap and summary, if anybody is going or not going to coverings, I would love to hear from you. Jump on either my Facebook page uh, and make a comment. You're going, why you're going, why are you not afraid of the coronavirus, why you're not going, why are you afraid of the coronavirus? Uh, it's going to be interesting to see in the next couple of weeks if they end up postponing this show. Uh, as I said in the very beginning, my gut feel is, yes, they probably will, at least from what I'm seeing on the, on the news anyway. It would be crazy not to. Um, the second thing I talked about is the training that I have coming up uh, in DeBerry, Florida, which is outside of Orlando, June 15th. I have the stone inspection and uh, troubleshooting seminar, four-day class, and then I have the historic stone and tile restoration class on um, on that Friday. So uh, definitely drop me an email 
if you uh, if you plan on attending that or if you have any questions attending that. So, folks, uh, until next week, uh, hopefully I'm going to have some people interview. If you know anybody in the industry that would like to be interviewed, please go ahead and uh, give them my uh, contact information. And until next time, thanks for listening. Uh, keep setting those polishing that stone, fabricating those tops, and I should say, and keep your hands washed. Uh, later, my friends. Are you looking for quality greenstone working products? ESP sells many lines of fine quality environmentally safe products. Stone Pro, MB Stone Care, Bondstone and Touchstone Adhesives, more Stone Care products, Easy Care products, and Better Bio, which is over 80% bio-based and approved by the USDA. For more info, visit ESPSales.net. That's ESPSales.net.